What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Fast Track, formerly known as Pave the Way Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Helbeck, and on this show, you are gonna learn exactly how to be successful as a real estate investor. It doesn't matter if you're brand new or if you've done dozens and dozens of deals, this is a podcast you're gonna be able to listen to that's gonna give you actionable, specific advice on how to be successful within real estate investing. I'm gonna interview top-notch real estate investors each and every week, and there's also gonna be some content that is just gonna be me telling you exactly about my journey and how I've went from a broke kid starting out to a million dollar real estate investor. So if you wanna learn how to be successful investing in real estate, this is the show to listen to, and I'm looking forward to being able to serve you at a high level. What's up, everybody? Welcome. This is Greg Helbeck, and on this podcast slash YouTube video, I'm going to talk about why is it really hard to scale a real estate business? Why is it completely different to scale a business than it is to actually just do deals as a hustler? So if you watch this video, hopefully you give some good insight. I've been in both seats before, and I think the word scale, I'm putting parentheses over that, is arbitrary, right? So if you're not familiar with me, I bought well over 170 houses. I've been doing this business for a while. I've got a lot of experience I don't need to pound my chest here, but definitely not someone who is unqualified to give this advice. So if you are new or if you're experienced, hopefully this video can give you some insight on if you want to scale your business or not. So the reason it's tough to scale the real estate flipping business, wholesaling business is because there's a lot of variables that go into the financial part of the business, right? So let me break that down. What that really means is that you know, if you're doing deals consistently, I'm assuming that you're spending a considerable amount of money in marketing. So the average, I would say, cost to get a customer in America, if you just take every market and blend it together, is about $5,000, which means that you're really looking for a needle in a haystack, right? So that's the first thing that's challenging is that you're going after about two to 5% of the entire real estate market, right? So real estate agents are going after anybody who wants to sell their house, a wholesaler or a flipper, somebody who wants to buy a house at 50 cents on the dollar, when you take everything into consideration, is going after two to 5% of the market. So you have a limited pool of prospects. Now, obviously, if you're in a market with a million people, two to 5% is, you know, that's still a considerable amount of people. Um, but at scale, it can be challenging. So the expenses, the, the marketing expenses to get that customer can, can creep up depending on how the market is, the news obviously now has a big you know, influence on people's opinions of value. So the costs can rise. And, and the thing that people don't understand when you try to scale is everyone loves to talk about doing volume. And doing volume is very cool if you know how to do it. Because if you can rinse and repeat your process and you have a really good process, you know, you can do it consistently at scale. When I say scale, I mean doing four, five, six, ten plus houses a month every month. Now that sounds good, but the truth of this business is that back to the first point, when you're dealing with two to 5% of the real estate market, you're dealing with distressed sellers a lot of the time, you're dealing with people who have a lot of problems and you're solving their problems for a profit. So the customer avatar, and I hope I don't offend anyone here, and if I do, I apologize. You're dealing with people who are kind of knuckleheads, truthfully. Obviously, you gotta be transparent. You have to under, you gotta tell them all their options. You gotta let them know you're making a profit and let them know they're selling below market so you don't get in trouble. But you're dealing with people who are flaky. That's the truth of the matter. And anyone who's doing this business for a while knows that's the truth. So you have a lot of problems at scale is when you you book a lot of revenue. So let's say you, when I say book revenue, I mean you, you get a house for 100 and you sell it to a buyer for 120 and you have $20,000 of revenue on the books to close and basically receivables. But the problem is that a lot of sellers have things changed during the contract process. So you could be thinking you're gonna make 20 grand, but what if there's a title issue? What if the seller changes their mind and they don't want to sell, right? 
what if, you know, the property you find out, well, it'd be a title issue, but the, the, the seller owes more than you thought. Then they, they thought they owed X, they really owed Y, and now you can't make that deal happen. Or maybe your $20,000 turns into $5,000 because the seller owes more money. So there's a lot of variables with human beings when they're selling distressed property at a discount. So that's why it's really challenging to scale, right? The second thing that is hard to scale, and, and when I, like I said, when I'm saying scale, I mean you're doing four, five, six plus houses a month consistently is you need infrastructure in place to fulfill these orders. You can't just do this on your own. You'd be working all day, right? With contracts and sellers and buyers and transaction engineering, that's a whole other business, right? That's a whole other back end part of the business. So you need to have really good talent who is willing to work for whatever you're gonna pay them. And obviously you gotta pay them as much as you can, but it's difficult to pay everybody on your team 200 grand a year, unless you're you know, some huge company. So you're, you, you get talent sometimes that's a little dicey because if you're only willing to pay 70 grand a year, which could be a lot of money to somebody, you know, the, the person who's willing to maybe take that money, and this obviously depends, might not be a great fit. Maybe they are a good fit. It depends on where they live and, and who they are and what they need the money for, yada, yada, yada. But you have, you know, you have some high turnover potentially in this business because a lot of people, they, they, they work for an investor to learn how to do it on their own. So you get people who want to learn the business for a year and then they turn over. So the way you fix that is you have a very good process in place to where it's not dependent upon one person. The system needs to be flawless or as flawless as you can make it. So if somebody turns over, you can plug somebody into that role and there's not a lot of kinks in the hose. So the main, the second issue is the personnel issue, right? You, you have to really understand how to get good people to come onto your team and you want to get full-time people who want to do this for a long time. You don't want to get transient people because it's just going to create a mess when it comes to hiring. So that's the second challenge to scaling. The third challenge to scaling is that this is more of an internal thing for owners is, is this business of flipping and wholesaling houses when you're transacting real estate. It's, it's really a giant hamster wheel. And a lot of people call it the golden hamster wheel, maybe with Louis Vuitton on it because you can make a lot of money. But these businesses are really not sellable for the most part. Now you can franchise your business. I know people who have done that and you can scale that. You can really just franchise it, right? It's very rare that you'll see somebody sell a home buying business that's not a franchise or a big brand for a big multiple. So that just means that the way that you're gonna make your money in this business is by getting a net income from the profit and loss statement, hopefully a net income. And hopefully your margin, your net margin after all the expenses are paid is at least 25 to 30%. So if you're doing a million bucks in revenue, you gotta be making it. I mean, honestly, at that number, you should be making 40% because you're not as big. But if you're making, I don't know, $2 million in revenue, you should be making a minimum 600 grand net to you or else it's not worth it because it's a lot of stress to do that. So you have to know your numbers, right? And you have to have these pieces in place or else it's difficult to scale, right? And I'm not saying I'm at the three, four, five million dollar a year mark. That's not where we're at. We're in the seven figures, but we're not in the multiple seven figures. So it's, it's you know, I'm very careful on how I give this advice. But you really need to understand that the, the business model is very transactional, right? So you're not going to be building a business like a software company where you can have consistent, it's called, you know, MRR, monthly recurring revenue, or even like a rental property almost, you're going to just do deal after deal after deal. And one month you can make, you know, 200 grand. And then the next month you can have a bunch of deals blow up and you can make 40 grand. But the problem with this business is that your expenses are generally going to stay the same. 
and your revenue can get really rocky. So if your expenses every every month are 50,000, which I think would be reasonable if you're doing 2 million in business, if you're not bringing in that 50 grand every month at minimum, you're going to have to come out of pocket after some time. You know, maybe you have a couple months worth of reserves in the bank or whatever, but you you get into this issue where you you know, you have these revenue swings potentially and a lot of the things can happen because of things you have no control over like a title issue or a seller changing their mind. So that revenue you thought was going to come in is not there anymore and now you've already spent that money to get that customer who didn't end up converting right when you thought it was going to convert and now you have all these bills right that you got to pay for so you have very volatile revenue and a lot of flippers at least they have very big cash flow issues because they have all this money going out into projects and then you know let's say those buyers bail or whatever the appraisal comes back short an inspection repair thing doesn't work out and you thought you were selling your property for a fifty thousand dollar profit but now you're you know, you're making 20, right? Or you're, you're not making anything for now. You got to wait another 30 days to get another buyer in there and hopefully they don't screw you screw around with you. So it's a tricky business to scale. I know a few people who've done it pretty well. Uh, you never know until you see someone's profit and loss statement and what their tax returns show because a lot of people like to pound their chest and say, oh, I'm doing all this business. But like what what's in the bank account? What's your net worth? Are you really doing that business? I can say we have a million dollar business because it's true. I can show you. Right. But a lot of people, they might say that, but they're talking about a million dollars in sales volume. That's not necessarily gross profit. So anyway, I digress. Not, not trying to go on here and call people out. That's not my, the objective here. The objective of this video was just to tell you the issues with scaling a business. So I'm going to end this video with a solution that you could potentially do. So the whole thing about this business that when, when people get started is that they, they want to generally quit their job. Generally speaking, somebody starts this business, they have a job, they want to get out of their job and they want to own their time, right? So if you want to achieve that objective, you do not need to scale a business. You can do two to three deals a month with you and maybe an assistant or maybe one person who helps you buy the houses, etc. And you can make 40 to 90 grand a month if you know what you're doing on two or three transactions, right? So you don't need to have this big complex business. Like our business this year, will most likely end up doing about 50 to 55 closed transactions, maybe a slight more depending on how our Q4 goes. And that's gonna bring us about 1.1 to 1.2 in revenue, right? With about a 40, 35, 40-ish percent net margin, right? Which isn't bad. And you don't need to have this big, big, big business where you have five people buying houses and three people selling houses and transaction people. You can do that, but you gotta understand with that comes a lot more complexity and you need to be more of a manager and a operator versus a real estate deal maker, if that makes any sense. So hopefully this was a helpful podcast. I know that these, these episodes aren't like full interviews or whatever, but hopefully they're valuable. This is all information I've learned from the streets, from real experience, not from theory in a book or whatever. So if you did get value, if you can like this podcast, subscribe to it, like the YouTube video if you're watching on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel and like the video it would really mean a lot to me. I want to try to grow this thing a little bit more because I feel like a lot of people don't drop real insight. You know, a lot of people just talk about theory that, that's all bullshit. And then if you're in San Diego, Reno, Delaware, or New York, if you're in one of those four areas and you want to sell me a property or you want to wholesale a property with me, send me an email, greg at velocityhousebuyers.com. Don't send me a listed property. That's a waste of time for the most part. Send me off-market stuff. I'd be happy to make an offer on it or partner with you on it. We can wholesale it together, whatever your heart desires. So hopefully you got value from this video and I will see you on the next podcast episode. Take care. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to an episode of the Real Estate Investing Fast Track. I hope you got a lot of value from this specific episode. And there are a few takeaways that you're able to gather from this to implement in your business so you can be a more successful real estate investor. So if you did get value from the show, if you could do me a favor and leave me a review on iTunes, it would really mean a lot to me. That's how we keep growing the show and getting great guests is because people see the reviews. They see that we have a high quality show and they want to contribute as a guest. So that would be great. Also, if you got value, if you could share the show on social media, that would be great because that is how people see this besides the reviews. So once again, if you did get value, if you could do me a favor and leave me a review on iTunes and share the show on social media, it would really mean a lot to me and I'll see you on the next episode.